0: come into the studio feeling bad. I promised Nada that we would not do a Kimba Walker evaluation today, that we would do it Friday so all of us could enjoy a Kimba Walker evaluation. And I told him a lie. We are going to do a Kimba Walker evaluation. We're just going to get his takes on Kimba Walker tomorrow. We will allow him to bring the fire. Sorry about that, dude. We're going to do a Kimba Walker evaluation.
2: See you guys.
0: But we'll get his thoughts tomorrow. And we'll get all the fire that he could possibly have on any type of evaluation or thoughts or takes that Nada has. And we talked about his Twitter, all of his participation on Twitter yesterday, and how he brings the fire. And we talked about how he is just never short of the fire. Like you thought, I asked him if he had if he was a little rusty because he was doing it. He's going to be on a show three times this week. Wow, I know for him, right? And I was asking him, did he run out of the fire? Or are you a little bit rusty? He said no, and I was like, well, I guess that's true. We have talked about his ability to have an informed opinion or just a straight-up opinion on anything, and he constantly share those on Twitter. And so I can imagine that he would have enough content at least for three shows this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, he really studies what essentially is the science of opinion, and it's something that Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, they've all mastered this idea of manufacturing a take. Manufacturing an opinion to where it doesn't necessarily have to be informed, and it doesn't necessarily have to be original. It just has to be communicated in a way that is palatable to a large number of people. And if it just so happens to make them feel something, happy, sad, mad, angry, like that is, that is the bonus. That is what they're aiming for.
0: I don't think this podcast in its history has talked about a player that did not play for the Charlotte Hornets more than we've talked about Bradley Beal. I don't think there's any other player that we've talked about more than Beal. Maybe a LeBron James, maybe one that is transcendent, but I don't think those count. And we will continue to talk about Bradley Beal. We will talk about him today. And we will also get to some useless sound today that I'm extremely excited to get to all on the Kimball Walker
2: evaluation. You said it might be I don't even know if you qualified it as might be. You said, I think you said, it was the most useless sound that you've ever heard. And you're in radio. It
0: is the most, it is the most useless sound I have ever heard in my entire life. And I can't wait to get to it and dissect just how useless it is. It's really great. I can't wait to play it. Let's talk about something that has been incredibly useful for the Charlotte Hornets. In a lot of cases, the only thing that has been useful for the Charlotte Hornets, and that's Kimba Walker. We often do this in a past, present, future mold. I think we've had a lot of shows dedicated to Kimba Walker not just on the evaluation, the review at the end of the season. It's just we've talked about him a lot because he's been the Charlotte Hornets certainly for the last three seasons and even the last four since he really has had his development. And we've seen him grow throughout his time here with the franchise. Let's talk about his development a little bit and then we'll try to get some to some different things that we haven't talked about him before even though it's going to be tough to find those angles we all know what Kimba has done shooting wise we all know that he has developed a shot from distance in a way that I don't think anybody believed in when he first came into the league we knew that that was one of the knocks on Kimba Walker was his shooting ability was just not very efficient and yet you look at what he does now it's a guy that has shot above 35 percent from three the last four seasons The first four seasons that he played with the Hornets, he failed to reach 34%. In fact, the best that he shot was 33.3, and that was in his third year. We know about the story that Zach Lowe wrote at the beginning of the season. Zach Lowe talks with Steve Clifford, and Steve Clifford mentions a time where he met with Kimba Walker in his office. Kimba said, I'm trying the new form. It's just not working for me. I really want to get back to my old form. Steve Clifford very bluntly states, sure, and you can be an, a middle-of-the-road point guard that never makes an all-star appearance, and you can be that guy for the rest of your career. you want to do that? Kimba said no, and he decided to continue to work on the new form that he and Bruce Kreutzer, as we just recently found out, and the rest of the coaching staff, like Mark Price even at the time, they worked diligently On that jump shot to where he became an extremely effective basketball player, where he was very inefficient the first four seasons, he actually has, at a nice volume, become much more efficient. We know about his development. The shot is the easiest thing to look at. You look at a lot of other things here, Doug, but he's also learned how to lead as best as he can. This has been a team that has not put a whole lot of help around him. He has been everything to the Charlotte Hornets, and it has been fun to see him develop in that jersey.
2: Yeah, and I think he's also gone about trying to improve his game in, in very small ways and proved a, a lot of us wrong, by the way, because I think you and I were discussing uh, before this season, like how was Kemba Walker going to raise his game to that level? I thought he hit a ceiling last yeah, year. Yeah, to, to that level that would allow him to get an NBA, uh, all-NBA nod. And through 82 games, he averaged career highs in points per game, three-pointers made per game field goals made per game, free throws made per game, free throw attempts per game, defensive rebounds per game, and overall rebounds per game.
0: So, they were talking about him on around the horn early in the season on whether he could win the MVP based on the team around him. This is a team that everybody recognized that they they gave a lot to the Anthony Davis example, which I think is a good one. Anthony Davis, a phenomenal player, is constantly in the MVP race, at least he was the last couple of seasons, but the team just doesn't win enough for anybody to really give him the award. And we were having that conversation, national shows, the 4 to 6 p.m. block on ESPN had Kemba Walker as a recurring theme after he gave us a couple of great moments at the beginning of this year. National, national shows were giving Kemba Walker love on a couple occasions, I think.
2: Yeah, and I think if they had won more games, and and I think he could have – I think he possibly could have raised like his assist numbers even more and and stayed in that conversation had other players been able to, <clears throat> excuse me had other players been able to step up and knock down shots. And
0: they even were close to a career high. He got 6.1 in his third year in the league, but he had 5.9 assists this season. You see what he was able to do at a higher he he continued to be pretty efficient at a higher volume this year. He averaged 25.6 points, he averaged 5.9 assists. He did average a tie for his career high in rebounds, so he gave you close to 26. If we're rounding up, he gave you 26, six, and 4 this season. Six rebounds being the last stat that I mentioned. You also look at the two-point percentage. He had a big career high in two-point percentage. Previous to this year, the career high that he had inside the arc was just 47%. This year, he shot 49.
2: Much better from mid-range this season. He tr- he was trying to improve his percentages around the basket, and I think he stayed about on par with what he's been his uh, for the past few years. But mid-range, he really improved this year.
0: His effective field goal percentage has sat at about 51 percent the last three seasons or so and we got to see that stay the same even with an increased volume and you got to see him do all of that with a usage percentage of 31.5 so he was an effective basketball player while everybody depended on him.
2: Not only, depend, not only all the, the everyone depended on him, but the, the opposing team, night in and night out, was focused on stopping him and only him.
0: Doug, Patrick Beverly told us in the Players' Tribune podcast that features Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, which is fantastic, by the way, Patrick Beverly told us the toughest guys for him to guard. It was a combination of Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, and he told us Kemba Walker. And what he told us, it was just a very slim piece of analysis that he had about Kimba. The rest he expounded on pretty well. For Kimba, he said, but he even said that it was kind of easy to guard him. He said he was the hardest, and he said he was the easiest, in fact, that they're just going to double-team him. They're going to blitz him all day. We just double-team him all day and force it to him because of what he's working down there,
2: Yeah, but working with down there. And and I think what he's worked on over the past couple of seasons is sort of disguising what he's going to do in those pick-and-roll situations because, you know, it's... To trap him, you've got to know where he's going and what he's going to do. You know, sort of early on in that pick and roll situation, Kim has been great at disguising that and fighting his way through the defense, either pulling up quickly for a three point shot or getting to the getting to the rim or that mid range shot.
0: I said we wouldn't do a eulogy for his time with the Charlotte Hornets until it is official. Until it is officially official, he is gone. He signs the next contract, but just for fun here. What is your favorite moment that Kimball Walker has given you as a Charlotte Hornet? We'll at least tease a little bit of the eulogy for his time.
2: I think my my favorite moment is when he he did the uh, missed the shot, but then turned around and, and gave the shimmy because okay, it,
0: very good. Not a very <laughs> glowing moment for Kimba Walker. That's the one was you'll remember because it
2: showed his swagger and it was funny. <laughs> it was it
0: was a false sense of swagger that he had on that shot. Mine is the sixty point performance. I would it was in a loss too, not a very glowing performance of the Hornets, but. One, how much does that embody his time here? It was in a loss. He scores 60 points. But I remember I was at a bar and I was completely entrenched in that game. I watched that. I watched every single second of that game with a bunch of noise, a bunch of things around me. And then all of a sudden, everybody else started to see how close that game was and that Kimball Walker was destroying the Philadelphia 76er single handedly. And everybody started to tune in, and it was tough to see that Jimmy but- Jimmy Butler shot go in at the end. But watching Kimba Walker go for 60, just how many times have you seen somebody go for 60 points before? I mean, we've seen James Harden do it. We've seen LeBron and Carmelo do it against the Charlotte Bobcats. We've seen them do it against the Charlotte franchise. But really, how many times have I sat beginning to end— to watch a 60-point performance. Kimball Walker gave that to me this season. It was absolutely incredible what he did at the beginning of the year.
2: That 60-point game happened on November 17th. November 17th, the year prior, in 2017, uh, he had a 47-point game against Chicago, the fourth highest scoring performance by a a member of the Charlotte Hornets. That ties Kimball Walker's 47 points that he had a month after his 60-point game in December against Washington. Kimba actually owns four of the top five scoring performances in franchise history. The only other name on that list – Glenn Rice.
0: There's a lot to talk about for Kimba Walker's future. I'm going to get to that on the other side of the break. I want to tie it in with an article that Dan Fable wrote of the Bleacher Report. We love Dan Fable. He is a friend. He's been on the show once, but he's on the wake-up call constantly. Love hearing his analysis. Your favorite. He is my favorite, and he and give, he gives us a trade proposal that I, for one, am interested at least to discuss on the other side of the break. Are you in your car a lot driving to work? Are you driving the kids around if you have a smart device in your car? And more and more of you do now. Tell your smart device to play Locked on Hornets. I don't know why Doug is shaking his belly like Santa Claus to my right, but that was mm, really weird because that, the Because read.
2: that conversation was so filling. <laughs> and I have so many stats. And I loved it.
0: And don't fumble around with your phone, your Bluetooth, <laughs> or your belly. Just say play Locked on Hornets and make drive time, L-O-H time. I have no clue what meets me on the other side of this break, but let's find out.
2: Mm, tasty. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We don't want that Pacers talk. You here. gotta respect the satchel. We don't want that Cavs talk. What you got, Doug? <laughs> I have the entirety. I turn this satchel a little loud today. <laughs> Be quiet, satchel.
0: No, we're ba- it's a club banging in here. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's right. ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. At this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. So I told you I want to get to this Bleacher Report article from Dan Fable. And you look at this Dan Fable article. He talks about the Washington Wizards trading Bradley Beal. We've talked about him quite a bit this season. Because the Wizards have kind of dangled him out, they've teased us a little bit. Ernie Grunfeld, at the time, who was the president of basketball operations, it seemed like everybody was on the table, and of course John Wall is on the table with that contract. It's probably the worst in the league, but Bradley Beal has been shown us, shown to us as available, and then he's been brought back inside saying, no, we don't want to get rid of that guy because the value of that contract is very good. He's going to be on that contract for two more years. It's not outlandish. It's about, I think, just a little bit more than what Nick Batum is making, certainly for a ton more production. And so what Dan Fable has presented to us is that the Charlotte Hornets, what if they traded for Bradley Beal in exchange for Dwayne Bacon,
2: Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Michael
0: Kidd-Gilchrist after he already opted into his player option. If. If he would, but after he does that, right, right, for the sake of this trade. Malik Malik Monk, Monk. a 2019 first-round selection with just top two protection and a 2020 first-round selection with top seven protection. And so all of that going to the Washington Wizards, two first-round picks with just a little bit of protection, Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon, MKG, all of that, for Bradley Beal. And so, Doug, I ask you, with all of the parameters of this deal presented by one Dan Fable, is that something, if you're Mitch Kupchak, that you would accept?
2: Without knowing whether or not Kemba would come back, then absolutely not. But if...
0: If you were guaranteed, that's a great point, because does Bradley Beal get Kemba here? You read in Dan Fable's article, he says that if you make that deal, Bradley Beal's presence would almost guarantee that Kimba Walker would return. And that is something where that's a little bullish. I don't know if I would go that far.
2: I don't think I would either. I think if you're Kimba Walker, you got to have a little bit more than Bradley Beal to guarantee. Because I think Kimba Walker, I don't think he would be satisfied with a team that you look at and go, yeah, they could make the playoffs, but they'll get bounced in the first round.
0: You think they get bounced in the first round with Bradley Beal on the team?
2: I think so. I think the East is going to get stronger, I think. I I think some players are going to come from out West and make the East stronger and and reshuffle the decks a little bit.
0: The NBA is going to change quite a bit next season. So you never know. We've got a crazy 2019 free agent class. Kemba Walker won a part of it. We've got the Golden State Warriors, who are not going to be a lock considering Kevin Durant leaving, and I think that does look like it's going to be the case. So let's go to the Eastern Conference. I think we would say that Kawhi Leonard leaves Toronto. I think we would bet, I would bet, if I was forced to bet my money, I would bet that Kawhi Leonard leaves Toronto. But New York is going to gain one Kevin Durant. I think they're going to gain Kyrie Irving, but it's certainly a possibility of him not going there, him going there, I don't know, but New York might just be in the running. And then you have the Indiana Pacers, maybe Oladipo comes back at full health. I I don't know. There's going to be a couple of teams in the East. I think that Bradley Beal and Kemba Walker is worth going at it. If you know Kimball Walker is going to be here, I think it's worth going at it. I make that deal, especially with our ability in Charlotte to keep Miles Bridges.
2: I think the more interesting question is, would Kimba Walker resign? Is Bradley Beal enough to keep him in Charlotte? And I really don't know, because if you're Kimba Walker, you've you've been through situations where you did have help, good enough help to get you to the playoffs, and you almost had good enough help to get you past that first round, but you see like one injury cripples the Charlotte Hornets team because of the way they've constructed their roster. And I think if you're Kimba, why wouldn't you explore options to join teams like Dallas that have multiple all-stars and, and you know, you're not depending on Bradley Beal staying completely healthy, yourself staying completely healthy and everything else going right. That's the, that's the Hornets situation for the past several years. Everything has to go right. Why not go join a team where everything doesn't have to go perfectly? To to compete in the playoffs.
0: Now, if you go to Dallas though, and it's a good example, but if you go to Dallas, then you're relying on somebody that has been very injury prone throughout their career and Chris Stapps Porzingis. If he gets another injury, then that would be something where you can't look at that team and feel extremely good about it. And so what what team what team survives an injury to a star of theirs? You know, what team could he go to that survives that injury? Because I guess you could go to Indiana. They showed that they could survive it with their only star getting injured. So if you put Kimba and Victor Oladipo on that team, they could survive that injury. I, I don't know how many other teams... The Lakers couldn't. Let's say LeBron gets injured just like he did this season. I don't. They can't survive that. Uh, how many teams can? And so I get your point, but I think that's a risk that a lot of teams he would have with. I mean, even Dallas, who you're right, is going to have two All-Stars. Doncic is going to be an All-Star. KP has already shown the ability to be one. But if KP goes down, how, how much of a favorite is Dallas? And so if you go to Utah... Utah might be a little bit more sexy. That might be a little bit more attractive. But I I think that's a risk with anything. And and I'm going to attack it with Bradley Beal.
2: No, I understand your point. But if if the Hornets were able to make some other maneuvers with this roster and bring in some additional role-playing pieces, then I would be all for this deal. I think, yeah, with with the right roster construction, adding Bradley Beal uh, could make you an Eastern Conference contender. But with the roster as it is... I don't. I don't see that happening. And you're 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 losing uh, any possible development of Malik Monk it's and Dwayne Bacon, who it's was one of your reliable shooters at the end of this season, and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist who, for all his faults was was a defensive could be a defensive anchor at
0: times. yeah we broke down the incredible important stat of his improved three-point shooting so if you got bradley beal and kimball walker came back to this team and you got to keep miles bridges i think that's the number one thing that makes that important to me and plus bradley beal has two more years on his contract and you notice those picks it was a top two protected 2019 pick and it was a top seven protected 2020 pick and so with the two years left on bradley beal's deal the idea is that you're going to be good enough to get in the lottery and at least, hopefully, win the first-round matchup anyway. And then after he's gone, let's say that he's gone, at least you have your 2021 pick. And so that's something that I would go after. I, I wouldn't make that deal. Now, if you get Miles Bridges in there, Dan Favel mentions, Miles Bridges, keeping him and getting Bradley Beal is good enough for the Hornets to go do this, even though you admit you're getting rid of a lot. But if you keep Miles Bridges, Fable equates that to a Dwayne Bacon, a Malik Monk, and a first-round selection like Miles Bridges equals all of those things, which I thought was pretty valuable in itself. But if you have Miles Bridges even develop, and then you have Bradley and Kimba on this team, to me that that's the Portland Trailblazers. You get Bradley Beal and Kimba Walker on this team, that's the Portland Trailblazers. A good backcourt. Damian Lillard's better than Kimba, but Bradley Beal's better than C.J. McCollum. It's it's Portland Trailblazers post Nurkic injury. With Nurkic in there, they're a better basketball team. But I think they're the Portland Trailblazers of the East, and I do think that it would be worth it to where they would absolutely be competitive in the first round, to where, yeah, they absolutely could win a first-round matchup and move on to the second round. I think that's there for.
2: But they wouldn't be contenders. I mean, is going to have an opportunity, probably, to go play for a legitimate conference contender.
0: He is. Now, another thing that they talked about on the jump that I saw was just Kimba's value. Talked with Bobby Marks today on the wake-up call. He discussed pretty adamantly that there's going to be a market for Kimba. You know, that it's going to be big enough to where we've discussed the value of him getting a max contract or not. Like, Bobby was like, man, yeah, he's probably going to get that max contract. And so who is that going to be? Like, where is Kimba the plan B? You know, is New York considering Kimba Walker a plan B? You know, if they go after Kyrie Irving, if the Lakers are somehow able to get, I don't know, Anthony Davis, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but maybe they go after a couple of guys that aren't Kimba. I mean, is, does Boston go after Kimba if they get rid of Kyrie Irving or are they just roll with Terry Rozier? I don't know what the money looks like for Boston enough to get Kimba. I just and let's just I wonder let, where he goes.
2: The whole the whole idea of this trade is that we are presuming that Kimba Walker is going to agree to stay in Charlotte. OK, but I don't. I don't think that that presumption is going to happen. Is it?
0: I, is it? Is that even safe? Like, how how do you even lock that in?
2: Well, because I I keep looking back on what Kimba has said over the past few months about this free agency that he's got coming up, and he's like, you know, this is the first time I'm I'm really dealing with this. I, I honestly think deep down, he's curious about this entire process no, and being wanted. Like we all, that's what we all want. We all want to be wanted. We all want people to fight over us. And I think that urge is going to mean. That he's not going to give this team an up or down, yes or no, I'm staying or I'm leaving until after July 1. How do you get a confirmation, right? Like even if you have
0: a handshake agreement, yeah, you get Bradley Beal, I'm staying. Even if you have that and then free agency comes along the way. Do you still even feel good enough that Kimba's going to keep his word? And it has nothing to do whether Kimba's a trustworthy dude or not. It's just that things even change to where Kimba doesn't even know he can't promise him yet at the time of the handshake. Right? Like, we've seen some of this stuff happen before, where guys go back on an agreement that they have verbally that has no contractual obligation. And so, is there a point? Do you even reach that point? that You you feel you have
2: to spit on that. do
0: Do you become blood brothers? Do Mitch Kupchak and Kimba Walker make a gash in their hand and then shake them? Is there really anything that would Don't go too
2: deep, Kimba. You need that hand.
0: (laughs) Do do your left hand. Is there anything? (laughs) Is there anything that sounded weird in my head? And it sounded weird as soon as I let it out. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Real quickly, before we take a break, I want to get to the most useless sound real quickly. Before we take this break, I want to talk about Literally the most useless sound I've ever heard in my entire life. Discussing, analyzing, breaking down any type of game or series that I've ever heard before. Whoa! here is Mike D'Antoni.
1: We'll be ready on Friday, and that's that's the big thing. And everybody can have off a little bit off nights, off this, off that. But uh, I don't have any doubt they'll be back full strength on Friday. And again, if we're good enough, we can beat them. But if we're not good enough, then they're going to beat us. So... (laughs) It's a competition, and we got our home court, and let's go take care of business there. And then the the series starts. It starts, you know, when you come back up here, it'll start. And whoever wins that one, obviously, will be the be the winner. But obviously, you know, it's not a do or I mean, it is a do or die. But I feel good about. It. I feel that we played well enough to win a couple games up here. We just didn't get it done. So keep the feeling, take care of business at home, and come back up and try to get it.
0: I have played a lot of sound from coaches. Ever since I have been on the mic, we've gotten a lot of useless sound, a lot of cliches in my life. I don't know if I have gotten a bigger run-on sentence of cliches and just general explanation for something that even the novice basketball fan can clearly understand than what we just got from Mike D'Antoni explaining what they need to do and what has happened in that series.
1: It's all this, all of that.
2: Like, some of it I did not even <laughs> understand. Like, were they human words or not? I, I really... But I think there's, there are enough little bites in there. We could vote on like what the most useless piece of that sound is. I have some,
0: I have some leaders in the clubhouse in my mind. I have a couple that maybe we can talk about this after the break. But you can't. There are some things that get run on so much that he, it, it's he's not speaking English. It is a run on of cliches so much that he's not speaking English at some given points in time.
1: So keep the feeling take care of business at home and
2: come back up and try to get it now come back home try to he sounds like Boomhauer. like he legitimately <laughs> sounds like the character from King of the Hill that was famous for not being able to be understood oh f- oh my god
0: I love King of the Hill King of the hill I'm gonna say it's underrated I would have played oh, that game
2: Boom- boomhauer or Dan Tony Boomhauer
0: Dan Tony can we get some can we, can we get some boom can hour we get sound. some audio of boom hour sure. before all right we're going to take a break we'll come back i want to play dan tony or boom hour on the other side of this it's the lockdown hornets podcast we're coming to you from the getimer.com studios in uptown charlotte if you're in sales and need help visit getimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do and that's make more sale it's boom hour or mike d'antoni next on the lockdown podcast network You are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what are you yeah, listening right to? That's
0: a little scary oh. if, if you don't have the context. If you um, walk in oh, yeah. and you start hearing that,
2: yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't hurt <laughs> yeah, either. No, It's time
0: for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
2: So, Walker, you were asking why I was shaking my belly earlier. I think
0: it was a fair question.
2: It was very fair, and I don't think that I was entirely truthful with you. The real reason I was shaking my belly is because I'm not feeling great, and the reason that I'm not feeling great is that I decided to eat dinner leftovers for both – lunch and breakfast. It
0: smelled very stewy when I walked in. It, am I getting a hint of beef and vegetables? Is that, is that what I'm getting?
2: There was some teriyaki chicken. So I ate uh, teriyaki chicken and and brown rice leftovers That's from close. teriyaki madness. That was lunch.
0: Teriyaki madness? What is teriyaki madness and where can I get something out?
2: Oh man, yeah. Over <laughs> at the Metropolitan, dude. Fast, casual, teriyaki. Teriyaki <laughs> madness. Put it's it on the mad. poll.
0: Is that, does that sound like the best thing you could ever <laughs> attend in your life?
2: it's great it's it is it is truly mad so that was lunch but then for so we had two sets of leftovers in the refrigerator and i was trying this morning to make a choice do i want to bring the teriyaki madness for lunch or do i want to bring last night's dinner which were sesame beef tacos mm. and so i'm trying to like i'm like do i want this do i want that and then i go wait a minute why am I constraining myself with the the bounds of what can be consumed for oh, lunch no. and what can be consumed for breakfast? Oh no. Why not just bring both and eat the <laughs> oh. sesame beef tacos for breakfast? That was oh. a mistake.
0: For breakfast. It was a mistake. You combine both of those meals today. them my bit. Teriyaki madness and tacos, leftover tacos for breakfast. And combined with teriyaki madness. I'm just tired. I feel bad for everything about your body.
2: I'm tired of people telling me what is breakfast food and what is lunch food. I was trying to get I was trying to break the bonds of breakfast and lunch and say, Hey, why don't I just eat what I want to eat and and now I have a stomachache.
0: You put that on a bagel, it's a nice sandwich. That would be good for you. Before we got to break we played for you the most useless sound that I'm pretty sure and confident that I can say it's the most useless sound that you've ever heard in your life. It's certainly the most useless sound that I've ever heard in my life. And Doug... We fell into a game that is going to be Boom Hour or Mike D'Antoni, and we got some audio. We are going to play this game. There's a lot of things that we promise we're going to do that we never do. We it's promised true. this one, and we're going to do.
2: Oh it. man, we're finally going to deliver on something. Oh, do you want to vote on what is the most useless first guy? Because I've got them broken up. I've got the the top. We've six, got two games. I've got top six show. candidates.
0: I love this show today. And, yes. and we
2: and if you're on Twitter right now, uh, tweet us at Locked On <laughs> and tell us what your Uh, most useless uh what what the most useless part of the most useless thing that walker has ever heard is
0: i have an idea but go ahead and play let's let's play some of our running favorites if you've cut it up let's play some of your favorites that you have
1: it's a competition and we got our home court and let's go take care of business there
2: (laughs)
0: that's boom hour no that's boom hour that, I'm, I, that is, I switched I,
2: games on you. That's actually boom out. That's boom Hour. All right, so that's home court, and we just got to go get it. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, here's uh, candidate number two.
1: Again, if we're good enough, we can beat them. But if we're not good enough, then they're going to beat us Oh, home. That's
0: strong. <laughs> if you put all your money on that, I don't know if I could beat that. And so you're I had something telling me- differently in my head. I don't know if I could beat
2: him. You're that. telling me, if you're good enough, you can beat him, And if you're not good enough, you can't beat him. Did you get right? that
0: straightened out? Do we have that understood now? Okay, what's so next? So
1: keep the feeling, take care of business at home, and then come back up and try to get it.
0: I don't understand mm. that.
2: That might, it's useless in that I don't understand it as um, the King's English.
0: Yeah, I, I could understand the words he was saying. It wasn't boom hour. I can say that's Dan Tony I just don't know if those words put together in a sentence in that order make a whole lot of sense.
1: You know, it's not a do or, I mean, it is a do
2: or die.
0: But... <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
2: Game seven is, a, is technically a do or die. That's just
0: facts, Doug. I mean, it doesn't get more simple than that. He tried to steer it away where it wasn't a fact, but it ended up being a fact.
2: That and was. Then the, sorry, I jumped on you there.
0: No, let's hear the sound.
1: And then the the series starts. It starts, you know, when you come back up here, it'll start.
2: So the series starts at Game Seven, not a game. See, a lot of people think that the that the series starts on Game One, and that's easy to think that because One comes before Seven. But what Dan Tony, a professional. NBA head coach, longtime NBA head coach, got a lot of wins. Can't tell you exactly how many because I didn't research that, but has a lot of NBA wins. And he's telling you that a playoff series that you think started in game one because you saw both teams on the court, actually it starts at Game 7, and then whoever wins that wins the series. If
0: this were like Jeopardy! and I put my wager in before I actually got to see the question, before I got to hear everything that he had to say, I would have put all of my money on the it's not do or die. Well, it is do or die. I would have put all my money on that and thought it would win. I think I have to change it. I think I lose. I will admit defeat. And I think the I think the time where he actually explains if you win you go home i think him actually explaining it is the winner in this segment. okay well i've got one more for you hold on okay
1: and whoever wins that one obviously will be the be the winner but
2: Oh wait! I already played that one, didn't I? No,
0: you did. I think that okay. was it. I think you said that was the last one. But they're all great. I think. I think he's it got was maybe me thrown the, off my game, man. The third, the third one, I think, is the worst. Can you play the third one that you played? Well, see, the I second played, or third. I
2: shouldn't have played them out of order. I'm seeing now that I should not. I'm just gonna play so one. this game, which is one do you want to hear?
0: Being executed flawlessly, I can see that's
2: well. Fine. Listen, it's not often that we do what we say we're going to do and so then if you expect us to then do what we say we're going to do and do it flawlessly then i think your expectations can we move on? are a little high can we move
0: on to boom hour Dan Tony? Right, is that right. a game that we're ready yes for? i'm ready for are it. we are we sure are we ready for this game right now
2: all right yeah let me get um i, I need to switch back and forth between my, oh my wrong and and incorrect okay we oh can do this we can all do right this. are we ready for
0: this game all right all right play the first sound
1: and everybody can have off a little bit off nights, nice, off this, off that.
0: <laughs> that's Boom Hour. <laughs> that's that's, that's so actually Mike up. D'Antoni. Uh, <laughs> oh that's man, that's a surprise.
1: That's a surprise.
0: That sounds like Boom Hour. All right, next. You like butterfly <laughs> flapping wings deep down in the forest, man? they gonna cause a tree fall like five thousand miles away, man. And nobody see it. Nobody don't don't even happen. I lock that one in. That's absolutely Boom Hour.
2: No, I'm sorry. That's actually also you can't Mike win. D'Antoni. You can't win. You can't win in this game. Very philosophical. Mike D'Antoni laying it down, telling you how it is. All right, here we go. You'll get this one, I'm sure. You don't need to
0: know, man. We're gonna, it's like you're born into this world, man. And you got like it's like this, man, The dust in the wind, man. That's a West Virginian accent if I've ever heard it. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that's Mike D'Antoni.
2: That's correct. That is Mike <laughs> D'Antoni, coach of here. the Houston Rockets after Game 5. You're bound to get one right. Here we go. Fourth one.
0: And then the
1: the series starts. It starts, you know, when you come back up here, and it'll start.
0: Oh, Boom Hour. Boom Hour just told me exactly how a series works. That's Boom Hour. 100%.
2: That's also Mike Dantoni. Oh, man.
0: One for four. 25%. Do we have any more sound or is that it? Do I lose Talk today? About www.w. Call me you got naked chicks on there, man. You go click, click, click,
2: click, 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 click. It's real easy, man.
0: That's Mike Dantoni. All right, That's
2: actually Mike (laughs) D'Antoni. That is correct.
0: Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network (laughs) playing our favorite game. Is it Mike D'Antoni or is it Boom Hour? You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, or the Himalaya Podcast app. If you listen to that sound on the Himalaya Podcast app, you actually can decipher exactly what Boom Hour and Mike D'Antoni is saying. It's a phenomenal podcast app. Make sure you subscribe Subscribe to us and listen to us on the Himalaya Podcast app. Wherever you get your podcast, though, just make sure you search Locked on Hornets. We'll be back. We got a fire Friday tomorrow, Locked on Hornets Podcast Network. Click, 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 click. It's real easy, man.